Hey guys, thanks for tuning in and listening to our weekly podcast presented by Opinions Anonymous. Buckle in because we're about to have a lot of fun. Remember, everyone has an opinion and we'd love to hear yours, but ours are just so much better. Hello and welcome to another episode of Opinions Anonymous, the only podcast that spent the last two weeks watching film of opposing podcasts in order to prepare for this week's episode. Uh, <laughs> my name is, of course, Andy. And before I introduce my co-host, throw out a qu- couple of quick plugs for you guys. First, we want to, as always, plug our Discord server. We got a link in the description of this episode if you want to join in on that, join in on the conversations, suggest new topics for us to discuss, maybe some new movies to review. Spoiler alert for in a minute or two. Uh, also, make sure you guys go and check out our YouTube channel uh, where you can check out the video version of The Nooner with Luke and Adam. Where else can you find that? Nowhere but our YouTube channel. So go check that out. Leave us a, a like on any videos that you watch. Leave comments. Subscribe unsubscribe, resubscribe, do all those things. We really appreciate that. So those two very quick plugs out of the way. Uh, We'll get to our co-host here joining me today, one of the founding fathers of Opinions Anonymous and the least satisfied customer of an unnamed internet service provider. Luke is here. How are you, Luke? (laughs) I am doing great. Glad to be here. Thank you for asking. Uh, of course, of course. And also joining me, man who gave us a a whole new meaning to the word edging during the WWE Royal Rumble, Other Luke. How are you, Other Luke? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I really have no words for that. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm here. Ah, <laughs> uh, very good, very good. Yeah, we think we're we're all aware of what happened. Uh, couple couple Sundays ago. Anyway, we have a really great episode in store for you guys today. Let's jump into some emails. Yeah, I think we can do that. I've got our first one queued up here. We have Lorelai from Connecticut. She writes in and says, I recently hosted a get together and to my horror, my mother showed up wearing the same outfit as me. It was completely embarrassing, but it made me wonder have you guys ever had a moment that made you feel like you're becoming just like your parents? So without getting too deep, because you know, I have a, a decent relationship with both of my parents, I'm much more probably like my in-laws than I am my parents, which is weird. I never thought I'd say that, but uh, I'm closer to my dad now than I was growing up, kind of like the opposite. I was always really close to my mom. Now I'm closer to my dad. And last night was my brother's birthday. Yesterday was my brother's birthday. So he came over last night and we were playing some cards, something I love to do. And my dad always loved to do. And he kind of taught me. And my dad, we we always play poker. And my dad is just a great bluffer. I mean, he will just bluff constantly. And I, I always pick up on it now and I call him out on it all the time. And we're playing and my my brother is trying to bluff me. And of course, I'm bluffing using the same tactic my dad always did. And uh, my brother ended up caving. And then uh, he found out I was bluffing afterwards. And he was like so mad. He's like, you're, you're just like dad. You're just like dad. So that's one thing that comes to mind. <laughs> like just just playing some cards. And, uh, and my dad's, I guess, maybe taught me some tricks. I, I, mine, mine is a lot less of a like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, something that that I, I picked up on over the years and we kind of grew up doing this. Mine is more of a I, I think it's more of just as I as I've gotten older, more mature, arguably more mature, I guess. Uh, there, there's just certain things I find myself doing that I'm like, I never would have done this years ago. And this is probably just something from my parents. But like just being more like sensible, I, I think is, is probably the thing. I don't have like a, a particular moment, but I'm the type that like, if I'm traveling anywhere, I will overpack and pack extra, like pack an extra jacket. My mom always told me to oh, make sure you pack a jacket. Even when we were going to like Florida in the middle of July, uh, I'm really like very, very serious about being early to airports. If I'm flying anywhere, uh, like use 
way too much sunscreen now, like definitely overdo it because I'm, <laughs> I don't want to get a sunburn anymore. And like, you know, I just, I just love like a nice cup of tea. So I, I am becoming my mom slowly, but surely I, <laughs> I remember like a year or two ago, Progressive, I think was doing their commercials where it was like, they like the the person bought a house and then they were becoming just like their like their mom and I was like oh yeah that's that's me twenty nine year old man just becoming my mom slowly over time in a non mom joke way I hope you become your mom's because I I see her more than I see you and maybe I can see you a little more ah <laughs> ah that was sweet and that's something my mom would say. All right, uh, let's move on to our next email, something I think we all can enjoy here. Uh, that's not a joke about my mom. Dennis in Nevada. Ne Nevada? Nevada. Nevada? No, he wants to know if we've seen the rules for basketball in North Korea and what rules we would add or change, I, I assume, to basketball if we could. So for a little background, for the listener, if you haven't seen these, in North Korea they have – uh, a few special rules for basketball. A dunk is worth three points instead of the normal two. Field goals scored in the last three minutes of the game are worth eight points. <laughs> so comebacks are, are pretty easy. Uh, if you swish a three-pointer, it gives you an extra point. So those are worth four if you don't hit the rim. And missed free throws are worth minus one instead of just not counting for anything. So what do you guys think of, of these rules? Uh, and I guess against the normal rules for basketball, right? I'm emphatically going to jump in here. <laughs> please, please do. I I love this. All right. North Korea. I, I, I want to know where I can start watching North Korea basketball because this shit is fire. I wish somebody would go back and redo like every NBA game for the last 10 years and tell me what tell me who the NBA champion is now, because. This probably changes some shit. Like, this is good. I, I think, sadly, what's happened is North Korea is like, man, nobody here watches fucking basketball. What do we do? How do we make it more exciting? I don't know. Um, if you slam dunk it, it's worth three. And in the last three minutes, if you make a shot, it's worth eight. And people are just like, yeah, fucking brilliant. That's a great idea. I, I love this. I love everything about this. Hard disagree unless they add one more <laughs> rule. So this is almost like an incomplete list. I feel like there also needs to be a rule that during those last three minutes, if you foul the other team, they get the free throws and the ball. Otherwise, in those final three minutes, why the fuck would you not foul before they have a chance to shoot it? They're going to go to the line, shoot free throws with a chance to lose points instead of getting <laughs> eight for a fucking layup. Like, there's no reason you would ever let the opponent shoot in those final three minutes. Yeah, I guess I forgot, uh, Luke, I forgot before we ran into this email to mention that other Luke is actually, he was coach of the year in the North Korean <laughs> Basketball Association last year. <laughs> Clearly, that's that an incredible strategic moment right there. Uh, I, th I think in the final three minutes, there should be no fouls. Like, you can just punch people. Uh, you do whatever you can to get those eight points. <laughs> we're going opposite directions, but we're trying to solve the same issue. So, so at least <laughs> yeah. we're, we're working on something. <laughs> I, I do love the strategy of like, oh, shit, the other team's up. Let's just foul them a bunch and then not because, you know, they'll miss free throws and we'll have a chance to, you know, make our own. Just like you could just foul them if they were bad foul shooters and then hold the ball <laughs> and gain on them. It's an, ama an amazing delay tactic. A change that would probably solve this is if the free throws, not not just field goals, but free throws are worth eight points at the end. You're not going to be fouling to stop the clock now. You could do four. They could be worth four. Sure. Are they yeah. still worth minus four as well? Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Interesting. That's, that's right. Yes. <laughs> so let's let's jump into the second half of that a little bit uh what are there any rules that you guys would change just in standard basketball let's forget about the north korea rules for a second wouldn't it be cool if for every shot you made it was whatever it is so if you make a, a two it's a two you make a three it's a three you make a free throw it's one but if you miss it's negative that many 
So when like James Harden and Russell Westbrook want to chuck up 43s and you know, they end up with negative 39 points. Like it would be cool for a team to win uh four to negative three in a nail biter uh, in New York today. That would be interesting. I would like to see what a, uh, what like a, um, a, a scoreboard would look like. Just take like a random <laughs> game and then score it that way. That would be interesting to see if if it was positive or negative. I feel like the the Rockets honestly might be one of the better the higher scoring teams just because Harden shoots so many free throws and shoots them at a very high percentage. So like he's just getting you know like plus fifteen minus two on free throws every game. Yeah. Something I feel like this about. is a great way to add jobs to the job market because you'd need to have like six scoreboard operators <laughs> for every single game. Uh, yeah, that it would make it. I would hate to be a scorekeeper and be like, wait, these are the new rules. Are you kidding? <laughs> Try keeping that book. Well, I have a I've there's a cause that I've been I feel like I've been driving the bandwagon on this cause for a long time, but I've always wanted to get rid of the charge, the, the offensive charge as a, as a foul, as a turnover, because it's just a way for less talented players to affect the game. This is, we all know the guy that's taking the charge, right? It's the short white guy that plays for Duke or plays for Wisconsin, or it's Aaron Kraft. And all he's doing, he's not making a good defensive play. He's like getting to a spot and then not trying to contest what the other person's actually doing. They're just standing there and then not reacting to the action in front of them. That's that's what like a textbook charge would be, right? It's bad defense. The only reason it's good defense is because for whatever arbitrary reason, it's a foul and causes a turnover. It's only good, it's only good defense because of the way the rule is written. It's not a good like you don't have to be a good defender to take a charge. You just have to be an asshole standing there outside the circle. Ninth grade me disagrees because I had three points, two <laughs> rebounds, and took seventeen charges, and that's what people are going to remember. <laughs> what a stat line! <laughs> anyway, the speaking of you know all star games, here's a, a, an idea that I think I think we now could do pretty well. But if you remember. NBA Jam Tournament Edition had the the hot spots as an option you could turn on, and there yes. would be a random like four to nine point shot. So now with like the like projector systems that all the NBA teams have as part of their like light show for the intros and stuff like that, you could just beam like a nine point spot down on the court <laughs> at a random time. You just have some separate body governing it and set it up to randomize, and boom, you got nine point shots all of a sudden. We've got the technology. Or the home team controls it, and everybody wins every home game, and everybody loses every away game. And at the end of the year, we do a bunch of coin flips because everybody's 500. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you still have to make those shots, so uh, there (laughs) might be a little variability. (laughs) All right, moving on to our last email. Alex from St. Louis asks, What's the furthest we've ever driven exclusively to get regional fast food that they don't have where you live? I will quite often drive 20 minutes to Batesville, Indiana to get Skyline <laughs> Chili. Yes. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> uh, other other than that, though, I really, I really don't know that there's anything that I would drive to. I'm just so used to... Pick between McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King that I, I don't know what the real world has outside of that. Yeah, it's it's interesting for you guys. And, you know, we all grew up in the same town, so we all experienced it growing up. But you guys still live nearby uh, where we grew up. So, you know, small town Indiana, not a lot of of opportunity out there. So, you know, for some of the, the non-super popular fast food restaurants, you do have to travel quite a ways, right? Uh, not as big of a problem for me now that I live in Cincinnati, but there, there's still some regional stuff that there's stuff that like, if it was within feasible driving distance, I think I would go to every now and again, like, um, like, like Whataburger in the South, right. Is supposed to be really good. I've never had it. So I think I would travel for that if there was one close by, um, and some of those other regional chains, but like, I've never done it specifically 
uh, myself like outside of you know like a 30 or 45 minute radius but what we always used to do as a family when when i was younger when we went on vacation uh we there were seven people in my family so i have four siblings and my mom and dad you don't want to fly with seven children or, or with you know five children you don't want to get all those people on a flight so we very rarely flew anywhere when we went on vacation we would drive and my dad would always as like he would plot out a route that we would drive to take there. And then some of his favorite restaurants that we didn't have around, he would plot out where they were along the course <laughs> and make sure we stopped there. So we'd be like, all right, we've got to stop at this Sonic drive through or dri Sonic drive in, in the middle of like, uh, like right outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee or something like that. Right. Or like, <laughs> it's funny. It's like, those, that's not even a chain that's regional. I don't think it's, definitely around there just wasn't one near us when we went when we grew where i grew up so we kind of had to go find them but like that one in like fazoli's are the ones that that pop out to me as the ones we would try to find because they're just restaurants that he knew he liked but didn't have access to on a regular basis so plotted them out along the way well th that brings me to a point when i used to drive back and forth to muncie and when i go through rushville mm -hmm. like more often than not i would stop at hardy's like and just because it's Hardee's is like, I don't, I don't know what Hardee's has. So might as well go and check it out. So I used to do that. Uh, but one that I actually have driven to, not even necessarily a fast food restaurant, but I have driven to, uh, Shelbyville several times prior to getting one in Greensburg to get coffee. Uh, so I would, I would drive to get coffee. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing so hard, but that's just such like we have the worst examples of these. <laughs> well, it makes us sound like the most fucking podunk losers of all time. <laughs> well, I used to drive to Harrison every every Thursday to go to B Dubs because you know you couldn't you couldn't get wings in Greensburg unless you got those. Nasty KFC ones that have been sitting out for a while. <laughs> oh, man. We should have just lied and said we went to, drove to Phoenix, Arizona to get in and out burger one time. One time we did. Yep. I mean, I wouldn't say the, like planning on, oh, I'm going to drive there to get food, but I would sometimes plan like a shopping trip around where I wanted to eat. So say I needed to go to Target. Do I go to Columbus or to Greenwood? Well, I'm really thinking Panda Express sounds good today, so I'm going to head to Greenwood <laughs> because it's right by the Target. So, I mean, I, I would plan trips out like that, but I wouldn't go there just for the food. That that's kind of a two birds one stone. That's oh, we got to get to we got to drive a ways to get to Target, so might as well hit a restaurant that we we would have to drive a ways to get to. I like it. All right. So thanks, of course, as always, to our listeners for the emails. Uh, Going to jump into a very seasonal topic here. Uh, last last Sunday, as we're recording this, the of course, the Super Bowl occurred in Miami. Kansas City beat the uh, the San Francisco 49ers. It's a great game. So wanted to uh, touch base on that. You know, one of the biggest events of the year and see what everybody thought of the game. Um, any other Thoughts on the halftime show, maybe uh, maybe talk a little bit about if if anybody won some money. Uh, so what do you guys, what did you guys think of the game? It was actually a fairly good game. A lot of Super Bowls tend to not be that exciting because one team, you know, will take the lead and keep it. But this one had its storylines of, oh, Kansas City always goes down and then comes back. I mean, let's talk about how ridiculous it is that they are 6-0 and when losing by 10 or more points. That is a stupid stat. But it had the intrigue, it was fun, and as far as the halftime show goes, I am still cleaning up the mess I made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Whew. The, the halftime show that hundreds of Christian moms hated. Including yours. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh I wanna I wanted to uh bet with my siblings how long of the <laughs> halftime show my dad actually got to watch this year because I'm I'm thinking within thirty seconds uh they were turning the channel. 
Uh, for me, I personally, I didn't care much about the Super Bowl this year. I don't really care about Kansas City. I don't care about San Fran. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is gorgeous, and I think Andy Reid is gorgeous. So, uh, you know, I, I had somebody <laughs> from each team. Uh, I did actually win some money, so I suggested to everybody who continued to tell me that San Fran was going to win to bet Kansas City I did not bet Kansas City, but I was really feeling the under, so I bet the under, and I won on that, so that was some fun. But, yeah, I mean, great game. I honestly, I was so off on the NFL this year. My Cincinnati Bengals had a horrible year, so I I was bummed out by the NFL all year, but it's 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 the Super Bowl still, so of course it's, you know, fun, but I just I just wasn't as into it this year as I have been in the past. So one of the, I, I think one of the recurring themes that I heard leading up to the Super Bowl was, and there's just not, there's just not that much of a storyline, right? These are two teams that people tend to like, I think, because, you know, Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, just an offensive superpower. Everybody loves offense. So there's, there's no one that's like, man, it sucks watching Kansas. City. Like, I don't want Kansas City to win. They're so exciting that you just, you kind of want to see what they can do. And then San Francisco on the opposite end, just like a really good complete team. And, you know, uh, they, they've won games by passing eight times, but they still had a, like an incredibly effective offense. It wasn't that j- just their defense, which of course was really, really good. Uh, like won all their games for them. They just ran over. It was kind of an amazing way to get to the Super Bowl. And and they were sort of one of the consensus best teams throughout the whole year. Kansas City had some setbacks with Mahomes getting injured. But other than that, people are like, yeah, they're still really freaking good. So it wasn't a surprise that either of them were there. There's not a team that people hated, like, say, when the Patriots are in it. And as far as the game itself, there was a a little bit for everyone, I think. So last year, we of course had the the Patriots versus the Rams, and it was like a complete defensive struggle. No offense could really do anything. Kind of ugly to watch. The whole time, it was a close game just because it was low scoring, but you never really felt like the Rams had much of a chance at all. Like they just seemed to get dominated the whole time. This game was it was a defensive struggle basically the whole way. Like both defenses played really well, but there was still excitement there you still felt like it was anyone's game at any given time both of those teams were capable of scoring basically on any play uh just because they have some pretty incredible playmakers kansas city ends up you know ends up winning with a couple of of big plays that kind of jump-started some drives it so yeah and then like other luke said you know coming down coming back from being down 10 to 0 is kind of a microcosm of their whole season so it really felt like a, you know, it came full circle for them there. Just just a good game, not, not like an instant classic or anything like that, but it just seemed like a, you know, oh, this game is, it was like a 7.5, you know, on our, on our radio scale. Like, oh, yeah, this was a nice watchable Super Bowl. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. That's, it's certainly better than last year's, I would say. So with that said, uh, other Luke, do you, do you want to, is this an opinion of the week time for you? Oh, I don't know if I have this in me again. We don't, we don't have to fight about it quite as much as we did over the, uh, on the discord channel. It doesn't need to be an opinion of the week, but I feel like we should get it out in the open. Yeah. I do not believe that Patrick Mahomes deserved to be the MVP of that game. I thought it should have gone to the running back Williams. Uh, he had over a hundred rushing yards with a touchdown he had a key reception which he ran in for a touchdown Patrick Mahomes did not play a good game of football did he play a good fourth quarter yes everybody points to the 44 yard pass that was either a great call by a coach or a blown coverage because it was not a well-thrown ball he just lobbed it up and the receiver kind of stood there and waited on it so it's not like he made a spectacular play he just has a really fucking strong arm so I nothing really wowed me about his performance. I think that because he's the quarterback and because they could say, ooh, MVP of the Super Bowl and of the regular season under 25 years old, like I think for the storyline, they handed him the MVP. Now, I'm not going to say that Williams 
blew everybody away or whatever. I mean, you could make an argument that maybe nobody deserved it because nobody played amazingly. But I just personally didn't think that Mahomes deserved it. And some could even argue that Williams had a, a game that paralleled Patrick Mahomes for the most part because up until the fourth quarter when he had his 38-yard rush for a touchdown, kind of in some, what some would call garbage time. It was nowhere near garbage time. He was averaging <laughs> 3.5 yards a carry prior to that. So, I mean, some would argue that, you know, just as that's kind of a food for thought type of thing. Yeah, he also didn't turn the ball over twice, but that's uh, okay. I, I guess I'll go different from our last couple opinions of the week, and I'm fully supportive of other Luke. I should try to reciprocate that once in a while, but I agree. I don't think Patrick Mahomes deserved MVP. Uh, I don't care who you give it. I, I think Damian Williams should have got it, but I, I agree. All it is is a storyline. All it is is saying, oh, Patrick Mahomes, he's great. He won MVP, regular season, MVP, Super Bowl. He's 25 years old. He's great. Look at him. If, if Lamar Jackson would have played in the Super Bowl, he could have been 0 for 20 with zero yards, four picks, and one rush for negative two, and they'd have probably given him the hang MVP. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What's this ricochet shot at Lamar Jackson, fucking <laughs> Bengals fan? Because What's I this don't. About? I has, don't. This has think, nothing to do with Lamar. No, but I I think that it's blown out of proportion. Everybody talks about how great Lamar Jackson is, and I think it's blown out of proportion. I think Patrick Mahomes is the exact same way. That totally. That totally irrelevant point, nonwithstanding. Uh, the, the point that I made while we were talking about this earlier was that the passing game, it, it, the passing game is still going to be, is still the most valuable part of, the, of NFL offenses right now. And if you have, if you have a, a moderately successful game, right, the quarterback is still probably the most valuable person on the field. Uh, you know, as long as they're not, they're not like totally terrible. So I think you're going to see a lot, a lot of this, especially when there's not, there wasn't really a standout performance anywhere else. Right. So it just kind of, it does by default have to be there, but I don't think it's undeserved for that reason. Would you once again, like to explain what garbage time is? Because I feel like a four point game is, is not garbage. (laughs) Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, they were basically trying to run out the clock in that moment, and San Francisco totally sold out for a run up the middle, and it got bounced outside, and he basically really only had to beat one guy to get a forty yard touchdown. Uh, no, I mean you're you're not. I would say that he definitely has. I would he he has the second best case for sure. Like the only other person that would be close would be uh, maybe Debo Samuel for the losing team who didn't score a touchdown, but was their best offensive player. Uh, I mean, I don't know who else you would even say. So uh, I'll concede that point a little bit to you guys there. I want to get to my, my third point on this, on the Super Bowl, and that with football ending, you're, this, is, this is such a season of, man, we don't have football until fall. What else is happening out there? So... What other sporting events are you guys looking forward to before, you know, besides the top three, which is, of course, a sporting event in itself? Hold on, Andy. Um, you were not very, you're usually very eloquent and good with your words, but I, I feel like you misspoke there. I think what you meant to say is the NFL is over. What you said was that football oh, was over, and there, I do yes. not believe that to be true. Yes. Preach. <laughs> well, well, now. I feel like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I've never been so on board with the two Lukes. What are we, the Lukes of Hazard? Yeah. We're here because, fans, don't forget that uh, tomorrow, so we're recording on Friday, the 7th, uh, tomorrow, February 8th, the XFL kicks off. And I'm here to tell you that we've got some uh, early lines here, and, and there's going to be a blog up, I hope, before the... The uh, kickoff at 5 Eastern tomorrow, I'll try to get that out, but uh, Washington, D.C. favored by eight points over Seattle. It's a lot of points. I don't know there, but I'm going to I'm gonna give you my prediction in a blog. Uh, the Houston Roughnecks uh, favored by six over the Los Angeles Wildcats. 
the Tampa Bay Vipers favored by three on the road against the New York Guardians and our, yes, our, the podcast. We are St. Louis Battlehawk mm-hmm. fans, the largest underdog of the week. Um, nine and a half point underdog Oof. against the Dallas Renegades. So uh, stay tuned for a blog about the XFL and uh, our betting predictions. And yeah, football's not over. So what's coming up? It's the XFL. All right, as wrestling fans, that should have been the top of our list, but uh, hey, football's not dead. We're we're coming back tomorrow. And actually, as you know, as wrestling fans, number two on the list, of course, WrestleMania. Ooh, I mean, we're still months off of that, but I, I can just feel it. I can sniff it. I can taste it. It's so close. Now that we have passed the Royal Rumble, it is official officially WrestleMania season. <laughs> So I would say you're pretty accurate there. I will also add, Luke, you said, you know, tomorrow as we record, this is, of course, the opening opening week of the XFL, but it's also opening week of the Overwatch League. So, you know, if you're <laughs> while you're waiting for the XFL to kick off at 5 p.m. at 1 p.m., you can tune into the uh, Toronto Defiant versus the Paris Eternal, the first match of Overwatch League's 2020 season. But, uh, so, yeah, tune into that, too. All right. With that. So we, of course, talked about Kansas City and their Super Bowl victory. You know, a Super Bowl champion. You, when you when you win the Super Bowl, you, you do get cemented as one of the best teams of all time in the NFL. So to commemorate that, of course, we're going to do a top three, not just of NFL teams, but our top three teams of all time. Opening it up. So, other Luke, would you like to lead us off? Yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, get mine out of the way here. Uh, We will start at number three. This is my Homer pick, and I left it at number three just so I could only get a moderate amount of shit for it. (laughs) And that's going to be the 2009-2010 Purdue Boilermaker basketball team. They were ranked third, 10-game win streak when Robbie Hummel tore his ACL. I cried like the little boy I am. That team was amazing. I had such high hopes for him. He went down and crushed my soul. But I think if he stayed healthy, that was was Purdue's chance, and I'm never going to get over it. So it was really the 2009 Purdue basketball team. Once we got into 2010, it got real shaky real quick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fair. Yeah, Luke, do you or uh, excuse me, other Luke, do you remember where we were at that exact moment? Oh, absolutely, we were at Hooters. Hooters, yep, of course, <laughs> we were at Hooters getting, I believe, unlimited uh, unlimited hot wings, watching the Purdue game, and our yeah. lives at that point ended. Uh, so, haven't been back to Hooters since. <laughs> The, no, that's the that's greatest not. highs and the greatest lows all experienced <laughs> at the same time. Okay, so now that I got that out of the way, I understand they didn't didn't win a national title. It's all what ifs and whatever, but I don't care picking them anyway. Number two, a team I have a little less knowledge of, but looking back is ridiculous to think that all of these people were on the same team. And that's the 2008 Florida Gators football team. Strong, strong choice. (laughs) So I'm just going to read a couple of these names because this will go really long. If I read them all, Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, Percy Harvin, (laughs) Riley Cooper, Aaron Hernandez, Marquise Pouncey, Mike Pouncey, Carlos Dunlap, Brandon Spikes, Joe Hayden, Janoris Jenkins, like Major Wright. That's only like half of the names that were legitimate <laughs> NFL players from this roster. And only one of them killed somebody. But yeah, that team, just an unbelievable amount of pros on that team and like first rounders and good pros. Yeah, like I said, I'm not a Florida fan at all. I didn't really watch much of Tebow even, but like just looking back on how stacked this this team was with talent is just ridiculous. I don't know if there's ever been a more talented team. I mean, you can look at all of the Alabama teams that have a million first rounders, and I still don't know that you can pull that many 
high-quality names off of any of their rosters. All right, you're number one. Yeah, who can beat that? And that's actually really easy. I I immediately went to this team as my number one. I knew it from the beginning. May not be a popular pick, but I believe it is the correct pick. And that's the 2001-2002 UConn women's basketball team. <laughs> oh, I am excited to hear this roster because <laughs> I have a feeling I know a couple of the names, but I am positive. Well, I, I, it's just going to be every like U.S. women's gold medal winner over the past see, decade. I didn't even write. I only wrote down three names because there were so many accolades and stuff that it would have been stupid to get to. But mm -hmm. when third best on the list is Swin Cash, a four-time WNBA All-Star, you know it's pretty good. Yeah. So then you're going to go with Diana Taurasi the all-time WNBA leading scorer, nine-time WNBA All-Star, and Sue Bird, all-time WNBA assists leader, 11-time WNBA All-Star. You take those three, and it, you could put, like, junior high girls on the team with them, and they would already be the greatest. But there were legitimately, like, seven or eight really good WNBA players on that team, and I, I just think that you could never rival that. So Sue Bird, arguably one of the best uh, best basketball players of all time, also part of the best athlete power couple of all time with Megan Rapino of the U.S. Women's National Team. So good for them. All right. I mean, that's a great team. I love that. That's your number one. I can't argue with that at all. Luke, your top three. Yeah, my top three is going to be very boring to most people. I took this as my top three favorite teams, not the top three greatest teams of all time. So I'm going to run through it rather quickly just so, you know, if if you're seriously interested in talking to me about this, hit me up. I'll, I'll talk about this all day. But number three, the 2005 Cincinnati Bengals. They went 11-5. and five. This team had Carson Palmer, Rudy Johnson, Chad Johnson, TJ Hushmanzada, Chris Perry was, uh, I think, a rookie out of Michigan, was supposed to be great. He was not. Delta O'Neal had 10 interceptions. This was the team that was famous for three Johnsons and a Big Willie, Big Willie Anderson. This is the year Carson tore his ACL uh, in the playoff game when that long pass against Pittsburgh to Chris Henry, who also got hurt on the play. Obviously, they lost. We don't need to talk about anything else. I can't believe that you would subject yourself to talking about that team again. So I would like to say my condolences. Thank you. Thank you. It's only getting worse from here. The <laughs> 2009 Cincinnati Bengals led by Carson Palmer. <laughs> these, were, sake. these were the cardiac cats. They were six and zero in the division. They actually made a DVD with all the division games on it. I have that. If anybody would like to come over and watch it, this team had Cedric Benson, RIP, at running back, who people don't realize was actually very good for the Bengals. He was actually better for the Bengals than he was the Bears statistically. So a lot of people don't know that. Uh, this team also at running back had former Chiefs great Larry Johnson. Cedric Benson got hurt the last few games of the year. So Larry Johnson came in and played pretty well. Uh, very strange fact here. Lavernius Coles played for the Bengals and this year. He had five touchdowns. Andre Caldwell, Chris Henry, Chad Johnson. They actually lost to the Jets to allow the Jets to get into the playoffs and then played the Jets at home and lost to them again. Revis absolutely shut down Chad Johnson every one of the games they ever played, so it was pretty miserable to watch. And my number one, I know you guys have both tuned out already, but Don't number do one, Don't do it. the 2015 Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I think this is well known for anybody who's listened to the podcast. The greatest day of my entire life. And the Bengals still lost. This was the Andy Dalton-led team. Andy Dalton got injured. AJ McCarron came in. They won the playoff game that somehow they ended up losing because of a Jeremy Hill fumble, because of some bad penalties. Gio Bernard, AJ Green, Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Tyler Eifert. Pac-Man Jones only had one fair catch the entire season, and he... Uh, still found a way to return a ton of punts, and it was always exciting. I'm sorry that you had to hear that. I'm sorry that I had to talk through all that. Uh, that's 0-3 in the playoffs those uh, three years, if anybody's trying to keep track at home. Wow, what a great list. 
we've I'll, I, I'm so glad that we didn't end on that one and I actually get to, to do the last top three because we can go out on a little bit of a high note. Uh, and I'll say, other Luke, your 2008 Florida Gators and my third pick, I think I would take either of these two teams over many of those Bengals teams in terms of <laughs> of players. Of course that, you would. You know, players they became in terms of names at the very least. Uh, my number three, 2001 Miami Hurricanes, undefeated national champions, and just a laundry list of of no doubt Hall of Famers on this roster. Ed Reed, Jonathan Vilma, Andre Johnson, Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, Jeremy Shockey, Kellen Winslow Jr., Vince Wilfork, Sean Taylor, RIP, was a freshman. Undefeated national champions, ran over undefeated Nebraska. Many of these players returned the next year and got them to another national title game, which they lost uh, to... Don't even really remember who they lost to. Who would that have? Oh yeah, Ohio State uh, in their first national title of the 2000s. But this—it's unbelievable the talent they had on this team. Literally, I would not be surprised if every one of those names was a Hall of Famer at some point. Maybe not Jeremy Shockey. Maybe not Kellen Winslow. Because I think he like went to jail. But otherwise. <laughs> incredible an incredible team that was also it was larry coker's first year as their coach and they didn't lose a game and they won the national title so that just doesn't happen without that kind of talent yeah i i can concede that one to you the the gate the 2008 gators may have had more nfl talent but the top end talent that that hurricanes team had is is not touched unreal yeah yeah all right for my my number two team of all time other luke i'm gonna need your help on this i just want you i just want you to follow my lead a little bit okay prepare for trouble and make it double to protect the world from devastation to unite all peoples within our nation to announce the evils of truth and love to extend our reach to the stars above jesse James. Team Rocket blasts off at the speed of light. Surrender now or prepare to fight. Meow, that's right. That's right. It's Team Rocket from Pokemon. <laughs> uh, my number two team of all time, Jesse and James, where would we be without them? We would have had a very boring anime series. And the games after that just would not have been the same. Uh, well, of course, the, the original game, of course, had Team Rocket. No Jesse and James. They really, really set Team Rocket apart going forward. So that is my my number two pick. Uh, Luke, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, if everybody didn't check out uh, talking about the Bengals three times in a row, they're certainly checked the fuck out now. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was more entertaining? Let's get rid Yeah, you guys are good. I, I, I give you need that. to interject here a moment. Go ahead, other Luke. So um, I actually stayed homesick from work today. Not feeling well, <laughs> running a temperature. <laughs> Flip on Netflix, and I see that Pokemon the movie I Choose You is yes. on. It came out probably a year or two ago. And I was like, you know what? I haven't seen this movie. I'm going to play it. Not going to lie, we should have done a movie review on it. I probably would have <laughs> given it like an 8.5. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I know what I'm, I'm doing. Glad that was so night. fresh in my mind. <laughs> I was typing the whole thing out from memory and I was I was there were just a couple of words that I was not sure if we're, we're 100% right or not. So, listeners, correct me if you if you actually know those words. Feel free to correct me as well. I think I was correct, but I had zero time to prepare. That was on the spot, so I You I, you I had really what I had written I down so I point anyone. I think we nailed it. I think we nailed it. All right, uh, my number one, number one team of all time. Hard I can't imagine how. Yeah, I can't imagine how you're going to top that one. <sighs> there is, there is no other team that you would be as mad about the person you're playing against picking in a video game than this team. If you're playing NBA Jam and your opponent picks the Charlotte Hornets, 
you are just you are shit out of luck, my friend. Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, Muggsy Bogues, unstoppable forces on the on the court in NBA Jam for the Sega Genesis. Could not be beat. My number one team of all time. You had the cool, the cool teal jerseys or the cool purple jerseys for those guys. Uh, LJ was unbelievable. And then you could just throw Muggsy Bogues out there and be super fast, or you could be Alonzo Mourning, just an absolute enforcer. Yeah, come at me with your fucking Reggie Miller or your Dennis Rodman. Not happening, guys. NBA Jam Charlotte Hornets, number one team of all time. All right. <laughs> I feel like this draft went exactly where the request wanted it to. Uh, I tried so hard to like, like give you guys room to do that, but not reveal that I was going to do that while I was telling you, like giving you the idea. And it went so it went, it couldn't have gone better. Uh, I do have a bunch of honorable mentions, of course. And so let's start out at the, let's start out at the bottom. Let's start out with the teams that actually exist. Uh, the 1998 Minnesota Vikings, uh, Randall Cunningham, Chris Carter, Randy Moss. <clears throat> I had the 1990-91 UNLV Running Rebels. Uh, that was Larry Johnson, Greg Anthony, Anderson Russell, Stacey Augman. Uh, they actually, that was a team that lost in the final four to Duke, but I like that team better than the one before that won the national title. Uh, 2000 to 2001 Colorado Avalanche. Again, shitload of Hall of Famers for hockey. The 1993-94 to 94 Golden State Warriors, who were great in uh, EA Sports NBA Showdown 94, the year it became alive. Uh, and then let's see, the 1971 TC Williams High School Titans, state champions. <laughs> Remember the Titans. The 1950-1951 Hickory Huskers, your Hickory Huskers, led by Jimmy Chitwood. Uh, became the Indiana State basketball champions as huge underdogs, of course. Uh, a couple others here. Kane and the Undertaker as a tag team. <laughs> how, how are you beating Kane and the Undertaker? Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, just the ultimate team of brothers. Uh, the Channel 4 News Team, Ron Burgundy, <laughs> Champ Cott, Brian Fantana, and Brick Tamland. <laughs> and then... The only one I'm a little bit shaky on, Timon and Pumbaa Ugh. from The Lion King. <laughs> I was on board, but then that one, that one was an audible groan. Ugh. Let us know your honorable mentions or your top three of, of greatest teams of all time. I mean, for one, Andy, let's pretend that not everybody else has honorable mentions because I have a couple that I'm happy to share. But first, I have an announcement. Uh, I apologize that this is going to be the last podcast that you'll ever hear with Andy on it. <laughs> he was a great member of the team for several minutes throughout his career. Um, the last five, not one or five of them. Uh, but thank you. Let's all thank Andy. Please send your condolences to him via Twitter. I have two more teams. I'm pretty sure this this email, and I will be obviously writing this better on my agendas moving forward. But I think it said your favorite team. So some of those, Andy, I'm pretty sure you've never watched play in your life. Um, but two honorable mentions for me. The 0405 Cincinnati Bearcats with Jason Maxiel, Eric Hicks, uh, James Flight White, uh, Kirkland was on that team. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, Max Seal went to the Pistons and actually won a couple championships with them in the NBA. And I somehow I think, Andy, uh, after everything I just said, we might get along on this last one. The 2001, I think they had several good years. So anywhere between the 2001 and 2004, New Jersey Nets, led by Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittles, Richard Jefferson, Kenyon Martin, Jason Collins, and, you know, of course, Alonzo Mourning on some of those teams as well. What about Keith Van Horn? Yeah, he Keith was there. Van Horn he in was this there. Uh, yeah, I'll take those nets. I, I really thought that was going to be like the Monstars or maybe the team that Air Bud played on. Yeah. And that's why you were going to, you were thinking that I'd like it. But uh, yeah, that, that works too. <laughs> Uh, also, it says, what are our top three teams of all time? Very clearly on the agenda. Uh, so I won't listen to your slander about me writing something else. Got nothing else to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. As I said, we would love to hear the listeners' top threes, honorable mentions, however many you want to do. Let us know your top teams of all time. And with that, I think that pretty much does it. Luke, other Luke, do you guys have anything else? I think that's it. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. Before we go, of course, a few plugs as always. Follow us on social media at Opinions and On Pod on Twitter. Uh, follow our Instagram page, maybe if it exists, and uh, give us a like on Facebook. Visit, visit and like our Facebook page. I have written twice, so I'm going to say it twice. And check out our website, opinionsanonymous.com, and the aforementioned blog that Luke is going to be putting up about the XFL. Wherever you're listening this, wherever at all you're listening this, please make sure to smash that subscribe button whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store, rate us five stars, leave a review. Of course, read it during this segment. And this week's review comes to us from Lynn Winkyface, who says, <laughs> I travel quite a lot and I love listening to Opinions Anonymous on my long drives to Tennessee. I look forward to binge listening to this podcast on every trip. These guys are hilarious. <laughs> so true. And will definitely make you laugh out loud and themselves most of the time. That wasn't in the review, but I just... Decided to throw that in after my top three. A must listen for anyone that loves podcast. Podcast was singular there. So if you love just a podcast, I think you'll like this one. Uh, thanks to Lynn Winkyface for that one. Hey, hey Andy, let's call out our, our one reviewer. Let's let's make fun of them. That'll be great. I'm just, hey, I'm just telling it like it is, my friend. Uh, go ahead. Obviously, leave us a review and we'll read it. You guys want to. Spell check your review it. right here as a bonus as a bonus for this week so last week if you remember for each new five-star review we'd add one to our top three uh and as you may have noticed we had a top three this week so maybe maybe we get a few more this time but for each five-star review this week uh we'll make our next wrestling segment one minute shorter <laughs> unless you like our wrestling segments and then maybe leave a review and tell us that and we'll make it one minute longer I haven't really figured out how the logistics of this are going to work, but it, it's up to you guys the other way. If you do like our wrestling seg segments, check out the new uh, AEW blogs. And I think, I think maybe rumor has it, some NXT blogs coming. That, you know. It, yes, it, that's a yes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. And those are, of course, over at opinionsanonymous.com. All right. With that, for Luke. For other Luke, it's been a pleasure, guys. I've been Andy. We'll see you next time on Opinions Anonymous. Thanks for listening to Opinions Anonymous, mate. The podcast that reminds you everyone has an opinion. Ours are just better. Cheers.